welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and of course, we're your host, Tim and Julie Harris. First of all, I want to thank all of you for um, so many great birthday uh, wishes. That was wonderful the other day. I, I apologize for not having done that sooner, but it was very nice to hear from literally hundreds of you. <laughs> uh, it got to the point where I really couldn't say thank you anymore, so I just gave myself a little birthday present and kindly accepted your birthday wishes, then deleted the email, but I do appreciate you guys thinking of me. I sincerely do. And another quick reminder, Julie's birthday is tomorrow. <laughs> so and there you go. Candy, flowers, jewelry. It's all good. <laughs> or just right. a nice happy birthday. I'm joking. So we yeah. definitely appreciate your happy birthday wishes. That's really nice of all of you guys to think of us, and we appreciate that. If we could send all of you individually happy birthdays, we would, but there's just so many of you. So a collective happy birthday back at all of you. And Julie, in a lot of ways, our listeners have given us a wonderful birthday present because they've made us the number one industry um, radio show specifically for real estate agents, for realtors. I mean, there's a lot of other folks out there that are, um, you know, focused on brokers, that they're focused on, you know, fill in the blank uh, niches in, within the real estate industry. But our primary focus and our, our passion truly lies with the individual practitioner. That's, who, that's where our strength lies as coaches. That's where, you know, our, uh, you know, essentially a lot of our uh, coaching clients start out as really strong individual agents, and then they build teams and they build systems around that. And it's interesting, the biggest group, I would say, of new agents that are joining our coaching program are top producers. And I think that's, that's fantastic because what's happening is a lot of agents have been up and down the uh, sort of pathway that a lot of agents follow where they, you know, build these big teams and they then find themselves lacking profitability, and then they tune into Julie and I, and they hear the fact that they can honestly have it all. They can have profit, but at the same time, they can build a smart team is what we call it. And a lot of uh, agents are coming to us saying, hey, listen, I've done this big team thing for a long time. It's not profitable. I'm not building net worth. And they're realizing you know, that one of the tenets that we've been saying that of our coaching business, and all of you guys should be adopting this for your own businesses, your true product at the end of the day, what you're producing is profit. And if you're not producing profit for you and your family, then you're really not in business. And that's a really hard thing to accept because, you know, there's so much psychology that's associated with being an individual uh, practitioner and then forming a team and then really what your point of being in business is. And a lot of people sacrifice along the way uh, profit, which means they also sacrifice the ability to build net worth. Um, because, uh, frankly, they're giving a lot of, getting a lot of bad information. They think, well, the profit will come after I have a big team, or the profit will come after I have a big closing, or you know those types of things. Where the reality of it is is that if you don't build profit into your business plan as the first line item, you're not going to have any. And just you know, and it, it's interesting. Also, Jules, the other thing I see is a lot of these guys who have these big teams who are selling hundreds and hundreds of houses during the boom you know, got knocked back on their heels as a result of the, you know, the, the recession, are building their way back up, and now they're being super smart about where they spend their money in mm. the business plan that they build. I know you have coaching clients like that too, right? Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. We hear things like, quote, I'm going to do it right this time. And 
I hear also mm-hmm. from amongst the grizzled veteran and recovering, uh, you know, previous grizzled veterans putting it back together, uh, that this is pretty much the last hurrah. They don't want to redo this again after the <laughs> next recession because they're just not going to feel like it. They want to be retired at that point. So we appreciate that, and that's what we're here for. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's tough, but, you know, it's also liberating to know that you're doing it, quote, the right way this time around. And, you know, I think that's exciting. It's great to see that come together and really great decisions being made and a very careful process about getting the train back on the tracks. So I had a fun question, or a fun uh, coaching call today um, with uh, an agent in L.A., and here's basically what he said to me. He said, Tim, I know you guys talk about Mojo Cells all the time on your radio show, and they're one of our sponsors, right? So I do. And he said, you have been doing, I maybe shouldn't say this, but he said, you've been doing them a disservice because I didn't really understand how incredible Mojo Cells is. He, thought, he said he thought it was just an expired service. He didn't realize what a really all-in-one uh, system Mojo Cells truly is. You know, Mojo, Mojo Cells, when you employ it in your business, really does give you the opportunity to take your focus um, away from all the noise and just focus it purely on taking listings especially expires and for sale by owners. And as Julie always points out, remember, you can also use Mojo Cells for organizing your calls to your centers of influence and past clients. I mean, you can use it for a variety of different things, but it really is a phenomenal system. Honestly, it should be a standard issue uh, product to have in every real estate agent's uh, arsenal. And that's absolutely the first thing that anytime an agent asks, you know, Tim, what should we be spending our money on? I always say Mojo Cells. And then, obviously, you're going to have to learn the, the scripts, and you're going to have to develop the skills to get effective at it. But if you put, I would say, moderate effort into our skills, uh, the, the scripts and, and learning our skills that we prescribe to you guys, you will be able to see results probably no more than about 30 to 45 days. You'll be setting listing appointments consistently, and then you'll take listings. I mean, that's the, that's the process. But absolutely, if you're serious about taking your business to the next level, I definitely would suggest you utilize MojoSales.com. Probably one of my all-time favorite products out there for real estate agents. Also, um, a lot of you guys are requesting free coaching calls, and I appreciate that. And we have actually added to our coaching staff to provide free coaching calls for you. Um, now, there, for a while, frankly, you guys were having to wait two weeks, and now we've gotten it down to like 24 hours. So if you go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, you literally will uh, schedule your own free coaching call right there on the website. There's no emails. There's no phone call, ad delay. You literally can go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com and schedule your own free coaching call around your schedule. And then one of our coaches will call you and you'll have your free coaching call. And the free coaching call, this isn't just you know, a, a quickie call. Some of the free coaching calls last up to 90 minutes. We go through every single aspect of your business and help you create a mini business plan so you know where your actions need to be for the rest of the year. So technology is a blessing, there's no doubt. I mean, technology has allowed a lot of us to automate our businesses um, to the point where we don't have to have big staffs anymore. We don't have to have a bunch of um, you know, paid employees working for us because all the cool stuff that's out there nowadays, and you know, you need to know how to make it work. But one of the downsides of the technology has been the fact that buyers now are beginning to, uh, we're not beginning to, but they're really able to um, question sometimes the value that you deliver. In other words, because the buyers feel like they can get all the information they would have had to get from you 
or get from an agent before they can find it online, it's very difficult to get any loyalty out of a lot of buyers. And this is especially true in a lot of the hottest markets where there's a perceived lack of inventory. So on today's radio show, what we're going to be, uh, Julie wrote down four points, and these are all great points. And as you guys know, our um, education, our training, and certainly our radio show is always about practical information to educate you, motivate you, and get you into action. And that's what you're going to get today. So there's four points, and Julie and I might add a couple here and there, to really help you hone in on your buyer skills and making it so that you are, first of all, working with the best, most motivated buyers. Because remember, at the end of the day, there's no truly have-to-buy buyer. I mean, buyers can always rent. But we are going to show you uh, some very specific tools to really make sure you're pre-qualifying and only working with the best of them. And we're going to give you some suggestions and some scripts on what you can do to get those buyers to be loyal to you. Because let's be honest, guys, a buyer lead in itself is relatively useless because that buyer lead is also being, especially if you're buying buyer leads, which we do not condone, you know, you become a listing agent, just take a handful of listings, and you'll have the buyers beaten down your door. That's how it always has worked. So learn how to take listings. But if you are in the process of uh, learning how to be a listing agent and you are still buying buyer leads, which, again, all of you should be weaning yourself off that. Oh, you know what? Here's an interesting quick. Uh, Julie, have you heard this? Uh, we'll get what? back to regular scheduled programming in a second. I had today probably four different agents email me, um, radio show listeners on our Facebook page, whatever, right? I mean, we have 100,000 listeners to this radio show. So anyway, um, and they're all telling me that they have either personally or had an agent friend experience a massive increase in uh, the uh, prices from Zillow. Have you heard that? Yes, I have. I have, here and there, randomly, but yes, definitely, and also a lot of uh, upselling and side-selling and this and that, and you have to have this and all this kind of stuff, so yeah, that's definitely going on, and you know, the only answer to that, first is be a listing agent and generate your own buyers, that's the real answer. And, that's the answer. And, you know, I mean, that, that is the answer. I always joke with my agents, it doesn't matter what your question is in real estate, whether that's about cash flow versus cash spurts, how to manage things, how to, you know, iron out those ups and downs and hiccups and this and that. It doesn't matter what your question is. The answer is always the same. More listings, period. Right, exactly. That's well, simple. so I'll give you, for example, there's uh, great clients, and I know they listen to the show in Florida. They were one of my first calls this morning, and they were paying real numbers, Julie. They were paying something like $5,500 a year for their Zillow uh, premier agent, whatever it was, and they were getting decent response. They were folks that were very good at lead follow-up. They were in a market where it was a niche market. It was a beach area market. So they were able to actually do a decent job, and so that it was a ra- it, they could rationalize the expense. It made sense for them. Well, so here's what happened. Uh, Zillow, the contract was over. Zillow called them up and get this, Jules. I haven't told you yet this today. It's pretty amazing. But this isn't the only example. That the new, for no more impressions, in other words, for the exact same you know, product or service they were purchasing before, the new price is over fifteen grand. Wow. Yes, that's typically the, the, uh, the increase is about triple what they've been paying. Isn't that so incredible? I, scary consistency with that. And, uh, yeah. you know, if you were thinking about becoming a listing agent before and you get that surprise, well, now your decision's basically been made for you, isn't it? 
Well, that's, you know, but here's the funny thing. Again, you're bringing up, you're reminding me of the call. They said, you know, Tim, we were, you know, we had some, the leads were occasionally coming in from Zillow and we were getting some other things going. And, you know, we had the, you know, Smart Zip. And I know you guys, a lot of you tried Smart Zip. And I'm frankly getting mostly negative feedback about Smart, smart Zip. So that's something else you maybe want to reconsider. Um, we have a lot, of, had a lot of people that were early adapters for Smart Zip. They started using it. Um, and I mean, I haven't honestly, of all the folks that I personally come in contact with, I have not um, spoken with a single agent who is going to continue with that, uh, with using SmartZip. There's a whole host of reasons why. Um, maybe I'll have some of them on the radio show and you guys can listen directly from agent users about what their opinions of the sort of smart geographic farming is. But anyway, moral of the story is, is that they had SmartZip, these agents in Florida, they had um, Zillow leads, and they canceled all of them. And this is the thing that was interesting about the call, Julie. They said, so, Tim, what this means now is that we are really going to take the idea of learning to be very good listing agents seriously because we've burned our ships, you know, the old story. Mm-hmm. So we've burned our ships. We, in our, in, right now, we don't have any excuses not to actually learn to be masters, uh, master salespeople and learn how to go after sellers. And, I, and uh, they said they felt relieved. But not only did yeah. they feel relieved because now they had a very clear myopic focus learning how to be great mm-hmm. listing agents, but they also saved themselves. Uh, it was something like $12,000 a month or something crazy or whatever it was. Wow. I mean, not a month, but it was, it, it was a huge number, right, for an individual agent, right? Not insignificant, right? yeah. Not you insignificant, know, right? So they would have, uh, Howard would have called that creating a have-to situation. Now they have to right. become great listing agents, which curiously does tend to motivate people. So that just makes our well, lives so what, a little bit easier as coaches. Well, it does because then they're out of excuses. <laughs> so, Julie, exactly. um, the buyer, buyers, right? I mean, it's difficulty. It's very difficult nowadays to get – any sort of loyalty out of buyers because they can go to a million different websites and get the listings. They can, man, nowadays it's not difficult to find an agent that will give you a portion of the commission. So the focus on today's radio show is how to get loyalty out of buyers. And so you write down four great points. So just jump right in. Perfect. So number one, why is it? Let's actually look at this. We hear about this on coaching calls. You guys complain about it to each other on agent websites and at you know, seminars and things, why is it that buyers sometimes bail on you? What causes that? Well, you know, there's several reasons. One is lack of confidence, taking too long to find them a house, lack of communication, and making them do all the legwork. So some of you guys, you're doing this crazy, you know, well, I have them on a drip system and they'll let me know when they want to see something. Is that really doing your job or are you making the buyer do all the work? And by the time they see something they like, it's almost always in contract with multiple offers on it. And then you're mad because they go and they get themselves in contract on new construction because that was an act of desperation on their part, right? So how much of this is the buyer's fault and how much of it is the agent's fault? So that's kind of a mindset check on that. And all of you guys have stories that you can relate. I know this is not news to you. So let's go to point number two, Tim. What do they do about this? Well, so point number two is what do you do about this is you have to learn how to formalize how you work with buyers. You know, it's a revelation to a lot of you that, you know, a question we always like to ask was, would you work with a seller without um, having listing contracts signed? No. Okay, that's the answer, right? Would you work with a seller who had unrealistic expectations about price or anything else? No. 
So you have specific rules and guidelines, and if you don't, we'll teach you how to have some with regards to working with sellers. But when it comes to working with buyers, you guys have virtually no uh, formalized uh, presentation, for example. You have no formalized system to work with buyers. And so one of the first ways that you can differentiate yourself when you're trying to get buyer loyalty, and we're going to tell you what the goal here of buyer loyalty is, and by the way, yes, it's a buyer agency contract, but the way to get it is to prove to them that you're different. The best, easiest way to do that is by having a formalized presentation that walks them through the whole home buying process. And Julie, make sure you write that down because we got, have to update that, our buyer presentation yep. on Real Estate Coaching Essentials. Mm-hmm. And we should also be getting our um, graphic artists to update that in a template format for all of our agents. So there's a nice thing to add to your to-do list. So the idea is when you meet with a buyer, just as if you were meeting with a seller, you would have an actual presentation. Whereas normally most agents have this very sort of informal, sloppy, overly social, let's meet at Starbucks type approach to getting buyers to work with them. And there's no one, it's no wonder why the buyers don't have loyalty to you because of the fact that you're not presenting yourself as a professional. And if it's a particularly hot market, which most of the country is right now, those uh, buyers are going to be nervous about working with someone who's not super serious. And the first, like I said, the first thing you got to do to differentiate yourself is absolutely positively have a formalized and actual presentation to show them that you're a true professional. So, Julie, point number three, what goes into your presentation? Okay, perfect. So let's say you've come to terms with the fact that you lose buyers sometimes specifically because you don't present how they are supposed to act as good buyers that will end up buying with you. So what goes into your presentation? Well, the buyer search action plan. What do you actually do? You know, when you do a listing presentation, we teach you to have a listing plan of action where you do these, th- these things to get the home sold. Well, think of that for a buyer. What do you actually do for them? And the answer cannot just be throw them into your buyer search drip system. That's, that's not an action plan. That's a lazy plan. So what do you actually do for a well-qualified or all-cash, highly motivated buyer? Well, you have an action plan, which includes, it can start with searching in the MLS daily for them, but that's about 10 to 20% of the work these days with things moving so quickly. So you also are going to search for pocket listings through networking with your fellow agents. You're going to become aware with them of the new construction possibilities if that's appropriate for their area and their price range. You're going to search for for sale by owners, old expireds, withdrawns, temporarily off the market, your own past client and center of influence database. Maybe you have already sold a house three or four years ago that actually meets the buyer's criteria, and then you get to work with that homeowner to move them next. So what is your actual buyer search action plan? What are you committing to doing for them? So you want to present what you'll do for them before you ask for something back from them which is point number four, what do you expect from the buyers? Well, you expect loyalty, and you expect them to sign a buyer agency agreement. But Tim, nobody in my marketplace uses a buyer agency agreement. I don't want to be the only one. Well, let's get to that particular common objection uh, in a second. So you guys heard sure. what Julie said. You're, t- you're explaining to the buyers specifically what you're going to do and how you're going to do it, right? So here's what we want you to do. And by the way, we've already done this for you. It's part of our... Um, proven home uh, buying system. You know, it's uh, part of real estate coaching essentials. Uh, Coaching clients, make sure you're using a actual presentation, the one that we give you. Um, And one of the things in there, just like on the seller side, we, on the listing side, we give you specific USPs to get the sellers to commit to working with you, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. Coaching clients, 
who are using our pre-listing pack, using our listing presentation, which should be all of you, you know what I'm referring to. Well, buyers deserve the same level of professionalism, right? So one of the PL, uh, one of the um, USPs that you present to your prospective buyers is a home buying guarantee. And, all, and the, the essence of it is all the things that Julie just rattled off and you're putting in writing what you're going to be doing on an ongoing basis for that buyer uh, to show them that it, indeed you are a professional, to show them that you're not just doing what all the other agents are doing, which is just searching in the MLS, which, by the way, the buyer can do themselves, and they already are, and they don't need you to do that. Um, again, bottom line, show them that you're a professional. Explain to them what you're going to be doing differently than what all the other agents are doing, and that means that they'll want to work with you. They'll re appreciate you for being more professional. They'll appreciate you for respecting them and respecting the time that they put forth uh, to potentially work with you. So, Julie, what do you expect from them? So, right, you've committed, you've given them some guarantees, you've given them a formalized presentation, you've explained to them how you're going to be going about basically finding them a house, you've shown them beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're not just another agent, you know, you're extraordinary and you're going to be doing things that are, you know, extraordinary for them. So what do you as an agent expect in return for that? I want them to be loyal. I want them to tell me the second they come across any property that interests them, whether that is new construction for sale by owner, even for rent by owner, Zillow make me move, uh, anything that I sent them in the MLS. It doesn't matter what it is, what the source was. And it also, here's an interesting little point, especially for those of you in markets where you have a lot of foreign buyers, but across the board, just especially for those agents, people you know, you, uh, who are looking for properties sometimes actually think that they have to call REMAX agents for REMAX properties and Century 21 agents for Century 21 properties. So you need to also tell them that you can and do show and sell anything in your entire state. Your license covers the entire state as well as the, uh, any brokerage, any agent's listing. So that seems very basic. But those of you who are selling, especially like our Florida agents who have a lot of British clients, that's not how it works over there. And even if they're not foreign, you need to cover that. So what do you expect from them? You're going to tell me the second you have any interest in any type of property listed with any entity or even a for sale by owner or new construction. That way I can represent your interests because whoever has the listing, even if it's you know the homeowner themselves, they represent themselves. They don't represent you. So I expect you to call and tell me or email me what you're interested in so I can get to work for you. I expect you to be committed to me as I'm committed to you doing all of this hard work. Now, I'll tell you, Tim, an interesting little sideline to this. I was just talking to an agent at Sotheby's, and she brought some of this up, and we were talking about it, and we, we discussed the fact that we confuse buyers sometimes by saying things like, I work for Sotheby's. Well, that kind of implies mm -hmm. that you might have a salary. It, most buyers and sellers don't realize that you're living on just commission and that this work you're doing might be taking you away from someone who's more serious. So even though I say I work for Sotheby's, that doesn't mean that I have a, a paycheck coming from them. I'm going to get to work for you, and I'm going to prioritize you and your family and your needs in exchange for that because I am a commissioned salesperson, and I'm going to really work hard to get you the house of your dreams. I'm going to ask you to be just as committed to me. And by the way, the, and by the way, explaining that is part of the um, buyer presentation that, again, we want all of you guys to use. Julie touched on something else, and it's worth repeating. 
Um, many of you don't realize this, but the United States is unique, uh, Canada actually is very similar to how we deal with commissions. In the United States, there's typically a, you know, a commission, whatever the number is, 5, 6, 7%, sometimes more, sometimes less. And then that commission is typically shared evenly, or at least in most markets, the buyer agent, the agent who brings the buyer, right, is paid 25 to 3%. That's typically the way it works. Well, you guys might not know this, but in the rest of the world, aside from Canada, it doesn't work like that. So in most parts, like England, as an example, you are, there are no such thing as buyer's agents. There's just listing agents. Well, that would be a shock to a lot of you, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, if all of a sudden there were no buyer agents, there was just listing agents. And there's no real centralized MLS like there is in the United States. So you'll go from one broker to the next to the next, and then you'll look at their particular inventory, and that's how you go about finding a house. Now, you can pay an, a, a, an estate agent, as they refer to them, to work with you, helping you find a house, but it's not something that's uh, ever assumed to be paid for from the seller's uh, commission, from what the seller's paying. I mean, the, when you talk with folks from different parts of the world, about how our real estate system works, they think we're nuts. The fact that the seller pays the commission for both agents, even the agent that's negotiating against them. So um, in Australia, the traditional way of doing business is through auctions, and that's completely different than what a lot of you are experienced. So you go as a listing agent, you go to the seller's house, and there would be no you know, drawn-out listing process where you put it for sale and you do all the rest of it. It's an auction, and they're essentially choosing the best auction house to sell the house. So, you know, when you have a buyer that's coming from a different part of the world, they don't know how our system works. They have no clue how we get paid. They have no clue who does what and how it's done. So going back to the fact that you have to have a formalized presentation. And here's the other interesting thing that happens is when you start uh, respecting the buyers like you would a listing with a presentation, with a guarantee, with specific assurances from you, you will find that in many cases, they'll say, I was working with so-and-so before, and I just didn't see that they were, had the same level of professionalism. Now, some of you have buyer agents that work for you. Your goal should be getting all of them using our uh, buyer presentation. And then before they work with any buyers, they should have at the very least a buyer agency contract signed. Now, obviously, there's other requirements that we, um, and we've talked a lot about this on the radio before, before any of you consider working with a buyer, you need to, knowing that at the end of the day, they can always rent and they can always basically just flake out on you, you need to lessen the likelihood of you wasting your time by having minimum standards for your buyers. I'm going to go through that real quick right now. Number one is a buyer agency contract signed, and Julie you know, and knows this and I know this in many markets. That's not um, normal. It's not customary. It'd even be considered radical. So no problem. A buyer agency contract signed with an easy exit attached to it. So if the buyer's not satisfied with the services you're providing, that you'll release them from the buyer agency contract with 72 hours notice, no strings attached. And obviously the exclusion would be if they were uh, purchasing any properties that you would introduce them to. That way you'd be covered on your commission. But the moral of the story is, is that you're asking for their commitment, but if for some reason they're not happy, you can let them out, you'll let them out of the contract. Why 72 hours notice? Because maybe it'll take those 72 hours for you to write the relationship and for them to continue to want to work with you, right? So the next thing is you want to have them completely approved. Uh, Pre-approvals and pre-qualifications, guys, remember those terms don't mean squat. So make sure when you work with a buyer, the buyer's had a three-merge credit report done, income verification done, asset verification done, employment verification done. So the only thing that the loan is subject to would be the um, appraisal of whatever they purchase. 
Very, very important that you understand your lender, your buddy lender who takes you golfing, he does not spend hardly any time on that file until you spend hours and hours putting that buyer into contract. Um, and then he'll go through the file. Then he'll decide that's the reason that you guys are so stressed after things go into contract and you're hearing all these stressful things from the lender because the lender didn't do squat before you started working with that buyer. Insist that your lenders actually approve, approve your buyers before you spend time with them. The only uh, loose end would be a subject, the appraisal on the subject property. Um, so that's a whole different conversation. And the next two rules for working with buyers are quite simple. Number one, if they have a house to sell and it's local, it's listed with you. Um, and if, they, uh, if it's out of state, it's obviously listed uh, with somebody else. In other words, they can't, if they can buy without the sale, then that's great. But in most cases, they can't. And the last rule would be, and this is kind of an intuitive thing, so it's hard to kind of, uh, you know, you guys will have to determine this on a case-by-case basis. But are they actually act, acting motivated? All of us have had buyers where they start out all, you know, excited and they're jumping to it every time you tell them about a new listing. And then maybe after a week, they start losing their steam and you'll tell them about a great new listing and they don't return your call or whatever. Well, you know, that's a buyer that's not being very consistently motivated. And so maybe you determine that they're actually not a buyer you want to be spending your time with. You guys get all of this. So, Julie, any other thoughts you have as we round the bend on today's radio show? Yeah. I Actually, I was thinking, you know, agents will say, well, I don't want to be the only one doing this, and what if I lose the buyer because I'm the only one doing this? Well, look at it this way. Do you ever think about the fact that most agents don't have a listing presentation and that you might be unique because you have and have a very professional, well-polished listing presentation? Interesting thought, isn't it? So to your point, Tim, you'd, you'd never take a listing and just start advertising it and you know put a sign in the yard, make home brochures. If you didn't have a, a signed listing contract, would you? So why is it that we're so willing to work with buyers without any kind of loyalty? And so I, I end the uh, show with the same thought that we started it with. Let's stop blaming the buyers for this and get in front of it and take responsibility and accountability as agents to sit them down with the respect that they deserve if we expect them to respect us and our time and our efforts and show them how it's supposed to go. What is the buyer process? What do you expect? What can they expect from you? And then you'll find, miraculously, the entire transaction will go so much more smoothly, and you'll be working with people who actually appreciate what you do. And I'll tell you, if they're not willing to sign a buyer agency contract and there's no money coming out of their pocket, and you've presented to them what you're going to be doing on their behalf, would you really want to work with them anyway? That's not so a buyer. It's a, going. It, it's not a buyer. That's a looker. They just want to look at houses. They don't actually want to buy. They're a yeah. real estate right. tourist. That's right. And you're the tour guide, the unpaid tour guide. All right, great. So listen, uh, everyone, your homework uh, from this radio show, as is your homework from every radio show, is continue to help us get the word out about the fact that this is going to be probably the best real estate market of our entire careers. Um, it's going to last probably another eight to ten years, ever-improving markets. You guys heard the jobs report data uh, yesterday. Everything is improving in our economy. Make sure that you're part of the rebound. Make sure that you are personally benefiting from this boom. And if there's anything we can be doing from you or for you, obviously, request a free coaching call. Free coaching calls for agents.com. Free coaching calls for agents.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. 
Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.